0: It says, so a church, we're in our legacy season and we're praying and preparing for our annual legacy offering, which is next Sunday, December the 3rd, 9 and 11 a.m., right here. And the legacy offering is one time a year where we all participate and we get to bring our best sacrificial gift over and above our regular tithe and offerings and we bring this gift to to accelerate the vision and mission of our church everybody say accelerate it's where we push the gas it's where we all come together and just bind together in one beautiful giving party and we give and it pushes it accelerates the mission of our church forward. And I'm so grateful for those of you who have been a part of this for so many years. And if you're new to Skybreak, we want to talk to you a little bit about that today to get this in your heart and to understand how valuable this offering is to our church. Now, if you want to know more about the offering, you can uh, go to one of the QR codes, scan one of the QR codes that's around campus or uh, go to the skybreakchurch.com or the app and there's a legacy booklet that we have provided for you and it tells you how we're going to use the offering that you're giving next weekend. And our hope is that everybody will participate. For all of you who would say I've been blessed and helped and encouraged by the ministry of Skybreak Church, I'm asking you to be a part of our giving party now if you if you've never been a part of our offering listen it is a giving party it is exciting it is spontaneous it is effective there are just to give you a picture there's young people running all up and down these aisles gathering our offering and bringing them to the front we're counting the offering right here in the room we're watching the totals go up we're celebrating and rejoicing with each other are you here today if you've ever been to one of these it's I'm telling you there's confetti and there's music and there's laughter and there's tears and there's a celebration and we all come together to see what God is going to do now some of you may hold out to the 11 o'clock service so you can get the final total because the nine o'clock carries over And then some people come into the 11 and they already know where we're at. In fact, our legacy team has already been giving and told us what they're giving towards the offering. And we have a fantastic starting point that Pastor Nate will be sharing with us. Before we ever begin, there's people already giving toward our legacy offering. And I can tell you this, it's way over the 100,000, even over the 200,000. We're we're getting up there. I'm just going to leave it at that we hadn't even received come on somebody we haven't even received the offering yet and people are already giving come on give god some praise for that so december the third is our offering next sunday come prepared to give and to help us to prepare for that today i want to take a few minutes and i want to talk about the upside of giving the upside of giving You know, God, uh, giving doesn't come easy for a lot of people. And from time to time, we have to understand, uh, from the time you're born, we start receiving. We receive love, we receive care, somebody's changing our diaper. We receive gifts, we, we get fed, we have clothing, we get toys the time we're born our parents and our family and our friends they give us things that we need and that we enjoy and our human nature is to start saying things like that's mine (laughs) I have eight grandchildren and it's amazing how when they get together and especially if it's two different households coming together that you walk in the room and someone picks up something and whoever stays in that room says that's mine it's fun to get something new, but as time goes by, some people start to realize that as fun as it is to receive, there's also a highly underestimated upside to giving. Now, that doesn't mean it's always easy. doesn't mean it's always easy, or that we don't sometimes forget and need to be reminded It just means that there are tremendous benefits associated with a lifestyle of giving that many are completely unaware of so so let me ask you a question and i i hope you'll engage with me today and let me just talk from my heart a little bit i know we're talking about money and there's two things that kind of get people excited and nervous at church Two topics that you talk about that people get kind of excited and nervous about, and that's sex and money. Well, we're not talking about sex this week. We'll pick that one up later. (laughs) But we're talking about money. But I I think it's important for us to understand there is a powerful upside to giving. So I got to thinking about this. And I asked, what what could possibly be the downside of giving? Can you think of any reason why it's not a good idea to be a giver? And and as I thought about that, I could only come up with one reason and one idea. And the one reason why anyone might think it's not a good idea to give is that if I give, then I have less. That's that's pretty much all I could come up with. I, I can't think of anything else. If I give, I have less. Which is probably why the Bible repeatedly says the opposite. Because that's the only rational argument against giving that I can think of is that if I give something, then I have less of what I gave away. But it's as if God knows that our, local, or, or, that our logical mind will always consider giving as a threat to our well-being. I mean, the logic goes something like this, right? That if I have ten apples and I give one apple for the tithe, then I have only nine. Then if I give half an apple for groceries and two apples for my mortgage and another apple for my car payment and another for my electric bill, am I helping anybody? Which means I have fewer apples, right? But what that logic doesn't consider is that the law of sowing and reaping applies to my giving. Giving is like sowing a seed. So when something leaves your hand, it doesn't leave your life. Pastor Jared Green made that comment a moment ago. So when something leaves your hand, if you're sowing it and you're giving it, it doesn't leave your life. So what I give is not gone. It may leave my bank account. But the law of sowing and reaping are at work in my life. The law of sowing and reaping means what I give is not gone. Jesus taught us this way. He said, give and it will be given to you. Say that with me. Give and it will be given to you. Not give and you'll have less. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. I'm going to say it to some of you who start believing it here today. Give, and it will be given to you. And then he explains it. Good measure. pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. I filled up the salt shaker this week. You ever filled something up? Take the lid off? Start pouring something in it? And then... Y'all with me today? Come on. Y'all help me preach. I won't preach near as long. I'll give you... My best in a shorter amount of time, but if if you sit there looking at me, I think you don't get it, so I explain it over and over. Okay? Thank you. That's what Jesus was saying. He said, give, and it'll be given to you. Press down, shake it together, and running over will it be poured in your lap. So the principle of this, the law of sowing and reaping is when I give, I don't have less. When I give, God says, I'm going to give back to you. And in fact, what I'm going to give back to you is more than what you gave. I'm reading straight out of the Bible because that verse goes on to say, for the measure that you use to give, it will be measured back to you. And then Paul taught the same principle. He said, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I'm reading right out of the scripture. He says, for God loves a cheerful giver. For God loves a cheerful giver. as I prepare to give I love the fact that when we get ready to give I don't have to reluctantly or out of anger or out of pressure feel like I need to do something but I know that when I give God has something that gets released in the law of sowing and reaping that when I put the seed into the ground like the farmer if I put little seed in I get little harvest but if I put much seed in I get a bigger harvest i don't give and get less i give and i get more oh it's a good place for somebody to celebrate right there that's why i believe that if you'll pray god will tell you what he wants you to give now let me explain that to you i've been around a long time and it's really simple and this is what i'm asking you to do i'm asking you to ask god because god knows the blessing and the opportunity he has waiting for you and if He can get you to trust Him with every part of your life and that usually is indicated by our money. Money is an indicator of where our heart is. Money is, a, is something we control and it tells what we believe in and what we trust in and what we value. And so when we understand that when God speaks to us, when God tells Janet and I to give a certain amount or to take this step of faith, I have learned that there's something around the corner that I don't see and I can't see. But when I'm obedient to God and I sow and I give of my time, of my talent, and especially of my treasure, God has something that I don't see waiting for me. And when I invest that into His purpose and into eternity, it comes back now and it comes back in heaven. And I believe there's people in heaven that are going to come up to me just like they're going to come up to you and say thank you for what you did i'm here because of you i was standing in a store in centerville texas on thursday morning thanksgiving morning centerville's got 900 people in it our church has more people in it than that I'm standing in a store in Centerville, Texas, thanksgiving more to push into this cart. We did Thanksgiving on Friday, so we were doing other things on Thursday. Had this little cart, and I'm getting a few things Janet wanted and that I needed at this little store. Thank God it was open, and I heard somebody whisper down the aisle. I had just passed through, and I, I didn't really see them. And they said, I think that's that preacher. <laughs> and I'm like, God help me, I'm in Centerville, Texas, 900 people. And so I just kind of stood there a minute and they come walking up and she said, I knew it. You're the pastor, Pastor Danny, Pastor Nathan at Skybreak, right? You know, I had my hat on and I had my sunglasses on and I wasn't dressed like this. And she said, I drive an hour and a half to church every weekend and I want to be baptized. It was a teenage young girl walking down the aisle she might be in this room right now she walked down that grocery aisle and she said i hope to get baptized the next time we have baptism i want to get baptized and i'm so thankful for skybreak church and i thought lord the seeds that we are sowing we don't know where the wind will carry that seed and how far away it will go and that young girl said man i love our church in centerville texas Paul goes on to say, and God will generously provide all you need. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. He says, remember the farmer who plants a few seeds gets a little crop. But if you plant a lot, you get more. So decide in your heart. Decide in your heart right now. What does God want to do through me? What can God do through me. He doesn't ask you to do something with what you don't have. He asks you to do something with what you do have. Now, listen to me. We excuse ourselves sometimes. I don't have it. No. He's not asking you to give what you don't have because that would not even be, that would be ridiculous. God knows what you have. And He's like, are you willing to trust me so when you give, I can give you more? Because Paul goes on to say, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and the produce of, uh, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Now, we have to decide if we're going to believe that or not. The wise man Solomon wrote in Proverbs 11, he said, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Y'all here today? The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be be refreshed. So I'm talking to you about the upside of giving. And the upside of giving is give and it will be given to you. Look at your neighbor and ask them if they believe that. Do you believe that? Do you believe, do you believe that? A consistent habit of giving is one of the best habits you can make in your life. Because your giving sets in motion a process of inevitable return on the habit of the seeds you're sowing. Now, of course, it's more than just giving. You still got to get up and go to work. You still got to cut the grass. You still got to take care of things. You still have a responsibility. I can't just say, well, I, I, you know, I gave, and so I'm just going to assume that there's no consequences to my bad decisions or my bad habits or my bad attitude. No, but you give in faith and you give generously. And when you do that, it's in proportional to God's blessings in your life. No farmer in his right mind would go out and expect a harvest by simply wishing for it. It's like me expecting to lose 20 pounds while I got a hamburger in one hand and a large fry in the other and a milkshake in the console. Just wanna make sure y'all are listening. No farmer in his right mind would expect a harvest by simply wishing for it. The farmer doesn't go stand in the middle of his field and say, Field, give me a harvest. You gave my neighbor a harvest. You gave the guy down the road a harvest. So now it's my turn. Field, give me a harvest. No. In fact, if we saw you doing that, we might admit you. You don't get a harvest by wishing and hoping for it. And you don't get a harvest overnight. You get a harvest by sowing seeds that produce a harvest. If you sow your wild oats, they're still going to produce a harvest. And some of us live with the harvest of the seeds we've sown all of our lives. The law of sowing and reaping doesn't mean just good things. It's the law of sowing and reaping. But the beautiful upside to giving is when you sow bountifully and you take good seed and you put it in good soil, you don't have to stand in the middle of the field and wish for something that's never going to happen. You can stand in the middle of the field. In fact, you can go back in the house and you can take a nap. You can go work on the tractor. You can go take care of some other chores because as the sun comes up in the morning and the rains fall in the afternoon, God has a miracle that's going to happen in that soil that you cannot see by by the naked eye it's under the soil but you are believing God that if I put that seed in the ground something miraculous is gonna happen listen to me listen seed in your hand is just dry and it looks lifeless put seed in your hand and there's nothing to it Think about it. Go to the store today. Pick up a package of seeds. Open it up. They're just dry, crunchy, hard. There's nothing there. There's no okra there. There's no tomatoes there. There's no corn there. It's just a seed. But the miraculous happens. Are you listening to me? The miraculous happens when you take that seed and you put it in good soil and then you water it with your prayer and you water it with your faithfulness and the sunshine of God's love shines down on it and you keep being faithful no, overnight nothing happens no, next week there may not be anything but you give it a little bit of time and all of a sudden something will pop out of that ground and a plant will start growing and you tend to it and you keep the weeds out of it and you keep watering it over time it will grow And then a crop will begin to be produced A fruit off of that tree You can look at an apple And you can count the seeds in the apple But you can never count the apple Inside of one seed Are you listening to me? The upside of giving Is more than wishing for something good to happen When you sow seed in good soil You just watch and see what God will do Did you know I have had people come into my life that have blessed my life that I had no way of knowing and no opportunity that I knew of some of them I didn't even think there could be a relationship with but when you sow a seed and you get the miracle of the seed working in your life God begins to work behind the scene he's in that soil causing that seed to break open. I learned some of this in middle school. In fact, we did it in elementary school. You remember on Thursday or Friday, the teacher, especially the science teacher, would come by and you'd have seeds and you'd put them in a napkin and you'd get the napkin wet and you'd fold the napkin up yeah. over that seed and you'd put it in a drawer and she would slide it in that drawer and say, we're going to look at these Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> How many of you ever did that? Come on, hold your hand. You remember doing that in science? Remember doing that? And what happened? What happened when you got back there on Monday or Tuesday? You opened that drawer. You got your little envelope, had your name on it, and you set it down. She said, okay, let's open them up. And you opened that little piece of paper up, whatever that was, it was moist. And all of a sudden, that seed that was dry, that was dead, apparently to us, it had a miraculous life-giving source on the inside of it. And it had burst open and a little stem of green was shooting out of that. Are you getting what I'm telling you here today? There's an upside to giving. When you sow the seed and you realize and you determine in your heart, I'm going to trust, I got a feeling some of those people put that seed in there, slid it up and say, hey, don't be nothing in that seed. But did you know, listen to me, for all the unbelievers, even when you give an unbelief, it doesn't stop the power of the law of sowing and (laughs) reaping. You... That's why, hey, that's why people who don't love Jesus can still do great things. They know the law of reciprocation and they understand the law of multiplication. Just because you love God doesn't mean there's people who don't love God who are generous. And what you sow, you're going to reap. So I'm trying to get you to see today as we prepare for next Sunday that that seed that's in your hand will stay dry and lifeless. Or, you can eat your seed. And did you know when you earn a living, that's for you to live on. I love to eat my seed, but I don't eat all of it. The farmer knows he's got to set aside seed from every crop for the next sowing season. Now let me explain it this way. Here's something I've learned in natural farming there is a sowing season and there's a harvest season right right okay y'all know that right doesn't just come from the truck down the road that drives into your grocery store there's there's a there's a field somewhere we've learned though that if we create the right environment listen to me it's called a hothouse if you create the right environment we've learned that some seeds can can reproduce all the time i was in the grocery store the other day i said hey where's all the peaches he said done for the season we don't get any more i'm like where's all the hothouses growing peaches oh they grow from trees take a big hothouse, but if the plant's small enough they create an environment listen to me where that seed can reproduce a harvest all the time And I've learned spiritually in my life that I don't just sow seed today and wait three months or 60 days and get a harvest like I would in a natural field. But in the spiritual sense, I can create the right environment through a hothouse through the presence of God and in the right environment. I can sow my seed and I can be sowing seed today and harvesting in the same day. And the seed I sowed yesterday is coming in now. And the seed I sowed the the last week, it's already coming. I can sow and I can reap all at the same time. I hope this is making sense to somebody because I'm sure screaming a lot. You know, we do that with our kids, like we talk quietly, And if they still don't listen to what we're trying to say, we yell at them like that's going to make a difference. (laughs) I did it. I don't mean to yell at you. I'm just emphatic about what I'm trying to tell you. Because I know it's Thanksgiving and we're talking about money and people, Christmas is coming. And you're like, I I just don't know. And the preacher's saying, I want money. I I don't want your money. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. You need God to have your money. You've got to get... (laughs) you you got to turn this around. You're holding the seed. It's in your hand. He gave it to you. Now what are you going to do with it? He says, can you trust me with some of it? Can you determine in your heart? Decide in your heart. Don't give out of being compelled. I'm compelling you, but not in a negative way like, you need to do this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can't afford not to do this. And so you could tell me all day long, I-, I just don't think I ought to give my money. I don't think God does that. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Because what you believe is what you're going to get. But by the same token, don't judge me if I, if I can live a, a lifestyle that God's blessed because I just keep sowing and I just keep reaping and I just keep sowing. And you can just argue all you want to. Are you, does that... It, I, want that, I say that with an humble heart, but I'm not going to stop sowing. If God keeps blessing, I'm going to keep giving and blessing and giving and blessing and giving and blessing and giving. And, and, giving. and you can choose the life. It, it, I decided that in my heart a long time ago. Now, that doesn't mean there's not some challenges. Uh, I invested in something one time. I lost $50,000 in a week. I felt that one. First time I invested money, I lost $10,000. But can I tell you this? The things I've invested in the Kingdom of God, I have never lost. Let let me tell you a story, let let me me just tell you a story. I was born in 1960, and throughout the 60s, and I know that's a long time ago. (laughs) Some were born before me, and you're smiling at me right now. Throughout the 60s and the 70s, there were generous people who were giving to the church that I grew up in. They were giving every week. Giving their tithe, bringing their offerings. And their giving made it possible to have classrooms like Pastor Nate showed us a while ago. Some that we're working on to get completed people just like you were giving so that there could be classrooms for kids like me to go to Sunday school and the kids' church. There were teachers who served in kids who showed interest in me. There were youth leaders who helped guide me and coach me and speak into my life when I was 13 and 14 and 15. There were fun events that made church a place I wanted to go to. And when I was 8 years old, I remember I remember clearly memorizing a verse of Scripture, Romans eight and verse one. I urge you by the mercies of God. This is in the King James version. We read newer modern versions today, but here's what it said: I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. I was eight years old when I learned that verse. And it changed my thinking for the rest of my life. And many of those generous givers who were sowing when I was eight years old have no idea what I went on to do with my life. But their seed began to be multiplied. Again and again and again. And in 1987, at the age of 26 years old, Janet and I rolled into town with a three-year-old son and $800 in our checking account. But the original seed of time, talent, and treasure that a man, and I see his face right now, I don't think he's alive anymore. I see his face. He was the teacher that taught me Romans twelve and verse one. I see him. He was a man in kids' church in Sunday school. These eight rowdy eight-year-old boys. Can you imagine that bunch of eight-year-old boys? We just think we didn't have video games. We're just thinking about all kind of other stuff. We we were rowdy eight-year-old boys. Can you imagine? There's a bunch of us in a room, but he taught me a verse. In 1987, we rolled into town, and we planted a church. And there was a handful of people. And now 36 years fast forward there's a lot that has happened in 36 years but countless I say countless men and women and young people and boys and girls have come to know Jesus who have gotten saved who have went on to live their lives there are people around the world right now that were that this church invested in them I can't tell you the students that have walked up to me I was in another city a few months ago and a young girl walked up and she said when I was at a I came to Skype, you're Pastor Danny, right? I said, yes. She goes, oh, I can't tell you what you did in my life. Never met the girl before. Now she's married, got kids. And she said, I, did, I had no idea. I was at an event and she just walked up to me in the lobby and was so excited. And I thought, that scene, that, that teacher when I was eight years old, sold into my life. So I could learn the verse. I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice and at the age of 15 that's what I did I made that decision and I said I was already saved I got saved when I was nine I I memorized the scripture before I I got saved but it might have been what helped me to make that decision and then at 15 I said yes Jesus I know you've called me to do something beyond myself and at 15 I was pretty grown up in those days but I didn't know what I know now but here we are all these years later and you see that from one seed of an eight-year-old boy sitting in a classroom I could tell you the address it was 2950 Broadway in Houston Texas where I went to kids church as a boy and that man taught me about Jesus every Sunday morning and now all these years later, I don't know, 55 plus years later, the seed just keeps going back in the ground. and keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. I'm gonna say it again. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you cannot count the apples in a seed. One kernel of corn is a seed. One kernel of corn is a seed. Put it in the ground. Give it a little time, a miracle will happen. I like corn on the cob. Especially when it's roasted outside on the grill, some, with some garlic butter on it, inside out. The shuck on it and ugh, then you peel that thing back, dip it in that butter, let it drip, then dip it again, let it drip. Got any more of that garlic salt? Yet? Butter running down your face. You lean over so it drips off your chin. Okay, you go to lunch in a minute. Go get you. You won't find what I just described. You gotta make that. I love to eat corn. But hear me. On that one cob is countless. I mean, there's a lot of seeds. On one cob. Take that one kernel off. It can dry out and be hard as a rock. I used to shoot them in my slingshot. It hurt. Ask my brothers. But you take that same kernel, you put it in the right environment, and you let it sit there, and something miraculous happens that you can't make happen on your own. As long as you got it in your hand, you're in in charge, you're in control. It's yours, that's all you're gonna get. But when you put it into the right environment, you eat it all, that's all you got. That's why the farmer knows if I'll set it aside and I'll put that kernel of corn in the ground, And I pray for the rain and the water and leave it in God's hands. Before long, a stalk will begin to grow. And then, before long, the stalk puts off these shoots. And off of those shoots comes an ear of corn, and then another, and then another, and then another, and then another. One stalk may have 30, 40, 50 ears of corn. Did you know? Listen to me. Did you know that's what the verse means when it says you can receive a return? of a hundredfold of fortyfold, of 30 fold bible uses that terminology you don't know always what you're going to get you know so what we pray for is lord bless us with a hundredfold return but i might get 30. i might get 20. i might get 50. then you take one of those ears of corn you open it up and there's all those seeds So a man who sowed all these years ago and taught me a verse he had no idea what he would that seed would produce all these years later and here we are today Thanksgiving weekend got a lot to be thankful for don't we yeah I got some troubles in my life I got some things that aren't resolved I've got a miracle I need God to do for my family for my bride, I need that but I stand here and tell you has nothing to do with my trust and faith in God because he's already proven that time and time and time and time and here's the way I see it where, where, would, where would I be if I didn't have God in my life? What, what do people do who don't have the Lord? you're just out in the cold without an umbrella and you're just stuck in the rain you're just. You, but when you have God go back to the source and you trust him and that's what i'm asking from you i'm asking for you to pray lord what do you want me to do because he knows what he has in store for you he knows if there's a 30-fold or a 50-fold or a hundred-fold blessing out in front of you and i think this is my interpretation i think my attitude sometimes determines what that harvest is that's just me You'll probably prove it with scripture but I'm just gonna tell you when I sow it and I have a good attitude about it and don't say man if I'd have kept that I could have bought that boat if I'd have kept that I could have paid off the car if I have kept I don't look at it like that you can't look at it like that I look at it like yes But there's an eight-year-old boy sitting in a classroom somewhere right now there's a 13 year old there's a three-year-old they're sitting in our classrooms right now right now my grandchildren are sitting in those classrooms right now and somebody is sowing into them and 20 years from now 40 years from now who knows your children your grandchildren you say well i don't have any children grandchildren but this is your family we are the family of choice right here skybreak your seed is going to be returned and multiplied so if you'll pray god will tell you what he wants you to do ask him just ask him and then prepare your gift and this next Sunday December the 3rd let's participate everybody come and bring something and let's have a giving party and see what God will do through you so father I pray for every listener today I pray I've said something that stuck in their heart that helps us to understand the law sowing and reaping that when we give and we give generously we get a harvest generously your word promises that and we can stand on those promises I never doubt them doesn't mean there's not challenges in our life doesn't mean there's not concerns or issues or that we don't have responsibility we still have to pull the weeds and we have to water it we have to wait on it we have to be faithful to it Lord I'm praying for every person in this room and everyone listening to me right now All of our life, we will sow seeds. Some things we wish we hadn't sown because it comes back to us. But Lord, help us to sow good things. And next weekend, we're going to receive money. We're going to receive an offering. And in the name of Jesus, I pray you will bless it. Bless the giver and bless it for the mission and the vision you've given Pastor Nate and Kendall for our church as we move forward. Lord, if there be someone here today who doesn't know you, let them understand that my message today and our talking about money is really all about them. It's about providing an atmosphere where I could tell someone about Jesus and where we can give someone an opportunity to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And if that's you here today, heads are bowed right now maybe you're listening somewhere around the world around town I don't know where you may be but you're listening to this preacher and I just want to tell you Jesus left heaven to come to earth so that he could become the sacrifice we needed as human beings to restore our relationship with God when Adam and Eve made the mistake in the Garden of Eden it separated them from the presence of God and mankind all through the annals of history has been restoring that relationship and Jesus was the answer he was the son of God who came died on a cross gave his only life his human blood as a sacrifice for my sin and separation from God Jesus paid the ultimate price so I could have a restored new relationship with God here we stand today and i want to offer you that opportunity because the bible says if i will say out of my mouth jesus i believe in you and i will say you died but you rose again for my benefit i can be saved i want to lead you in that prayer it's a simple prayer every head bowed right now i'm going to invite everybody in this room to pray with me would you do that heads are bowed all across the room Let's say this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Dear Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. I come to you today and I need you and I invite you into my world. Take away my past. Let me have a new start. I receive that today and I'll do my best from this day forward to honor you and serve you in jesus name thank you for saving me and everybody said amen and amen and amen and if you prayed that prayer we believe you got born again and you're on your way to heaven